Greetings, Rebel fans. My name is Jason Kelly, and this is the Let's Run Podcast. Today on the show, we are talking about UNLV's terrible, terrible, terrible loss to Utah State that set up a great win in the city of Boise. It's been a uh, up and down few days for the Rebel fans, to say the least. But without any further ado, let's get into it. So, since we have last spoken, the Rebels have had a, uh, I don't know if I'd, yeah, I'd say it's a turnaround, a season turnaround. Um, they have been playing their best basketball of the year uh, against really good competition. It started with the Rebels convincingly defeating the New Mexico Lobos uh, last week. And the Rebels looked great. Caleb Boone looked unstoppable. He had 29 points. Uh, and really, it was really encouraging to see the Rebels could perform well against top-level competition. New Mexico is a team that the Rebels generally play well against. But uh, after the New Mexico game, I won't talk much about that one. Uh, after the New Mexico game, I felt very confident walking. And I was at the uh, Utah State game that took place on Saturday. Leading into that game... Uh, the Rebels were two-point underdogs, and it turned out to be perhaps the most controversial, upsetting game in recent UNLV history. So, uh, as the Rebels fought and played Utah State, uh, they were led by... DJ had a pretty good game. He had 10 points. Um, Luis Rodriguez had... The best first half, maybe, I've ever seen him play. He was perfect from the field. Uh, played really well. Uh, Caleb Boone had a decent game, 18 points. Um, Keelan Boone had a fine game. Webster, not so good. Jackie Johnson played okay. Uh, Rob Whaley continues to just be a really, really, really good force for the Rebels. And they dominated the whole game. You know, They got out to an early, early lead uh, in the first half. In the second half... They extended that lead to a 13-point game. And in the building, I really felt confident that the Rebels were going to pull this out. Um, and then Utah State started, and they did this in the first half too. Uh, they just started hitting threes. They had a guy, Ian Martinez, uh, hit six threes, six for eight from the field. Uh, Utah State, who is not a great, not a great uh, free throw shooting team, hit 24. 5 of 27 from the free throw line, including uh, probably their best player, great Osaboro, uh, going 12 of 13 from the free throw line as a 66% uh, free throw shooter. And the Aggies just were hitting everything. They were hitting all their threes. They were hitting pretty much every shot they needed to take. Darius Brown hit a couple of very late three-pointers that were just backbreakers. And the Rebels... I don't know that I want to go into too much detail about what happened. I, I feel as if uh, Utah State and UNLV has been covered over the past few days. I was honestly too emotionally drained by that game to want to record a podcast after the fact. It was very, it was it was pretty disheartening. And some of the discourse online regarding fandom and referees and how they can impact negatively or positively. Uh, games on Twitter was pretty disheartening. Uh, it was pretty mean. I maybe contributed to that a little bit. Um, 
But yeah, UNLV kind of had the game. At least this is what it felt like. I know that Utah State had to hit all of these shots. Had Darius Brown had to hit those crazy contested threes. They had to hit all their free throws. So I'm not trying to say that Utah State didn't do the things that they had to do to win. Utah State did pretty much everything that they had to do to win that game. But the issue was UNLV also was doing the things that they had to do to win the game. And there ended up being two teams that were both doing basically everything they could to win. And the deciding factor was not either of those two teams. It was the referees. Uh, If you watch the game, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but there was essentially two calls, an out-of-bounds play that was... I just don't know how you don't make the right call there, but UNLV's up six. Uh, the ball pretty clearly goes off of Boise State. Sorry, not Boise State. We'll get to that. The ball pretty clearly goes off of a Utah State player, and the referees spend 12 minutes, 13 minutes, watching uh, the replay over and over and over again and still can't make the right call. Um and Utah State gets the ball back. They're down six. The Rebels are leading by six. And Utah State drills a three. And it was just like, it was a, it was a backbreaker. I mean, it sucked because the Rebels were playing great. They played great defense. And then Utah State gets a free possession and uh, a contested three that gets them kind of back in the game. And then to end the game, probably the more controversial call because there's nobody in the world that believes that that out-of-bounds play was called correctly and if you showed the replay to 100 people 99 out of 100 besides the one ref who made the call apparently would say hey yeah that ball went off utah state the more controversial of the two calls was a off-ball foul after he made utah state three that resulted in a five-point play for the aggies and yeah that was you know these up four they just made both free throws there's like 15 seconds left and utah state gets you know, a bogus call, pretty much a bogus call. I've heard it argued that, you know, Caleb Boone is moving and sticking his arm out, but I think that you can make just as much of an argument that Caleb Boone was fouled by great Osaboro charging up the lane, slipping and falling into him, basically flopping, but he kind of slipped on the floor a little bit. And Caleb Boone, if you want to call a foul there, I think you can make just as much of an argument that Caleb Boone was fouled as great Osaboro getting fouled by Caleb Boone. Um, now, because I, I hope I'm fair, I don't think that the game should have been called. I don't think the foul should have been called either way. I don't, I don't think that Utah State should have gotten two free throws out of that. And I certainly don't think that UNLV should have gotten two free throws out of that. It should have just been a non-call. Uh, the reason why fouls are called is because one player using illegal contact creates an advantage. There's contact every single play, you know, but they don't call fouls every single play. They only call fouls when one player uses that contact to create an advantage. And I just, I didn't see that. It was a flop. I don't think it was the correct call. It wasn't a kind of call that, oh, you know, maybe they make that call five minutes into the game, but you can't make that call in the last 30 seconds. I don't even think that. I don't think it's a foul at any point in the game because I don't see any contact, any advantage that was, in cre- that was created by that contact. And you could make an argument that the foul was on the Utah State player as opposed to the UNLV player. So... Utah State gets a five-point victory, a five-point play to steal a victory over the Rebels. Um, and the reaction after this game was, was was really scary because you had people saying, well, Rebel fans, why are you caring this much? If, if, if this is upsetting you that much, then you need to care less because it's, it, basketball is just too big of a 
you know, this shouldn't emotionally destroy you the way that it did. And to those people, I would say, telling that to people who love something, telling people that love something that they shouldn't care about something or they should care about something less generally just makes them want to like or love the thing that you're telling them to love less. Um, Utah State does not have to apologize for the win. If I was them, I would take the win and run with it. But there were some negative interactions between Utah State players, Utah State fans, and UNLV fans who were rightly upset as they were walking out of the out of the arena. Uh, the Utah State players were berating, taunting our band and our fans as they were walking off the court. And I just thought it was classless. And this game made me dislike Utah State more than basically every other team besides maybe Boise State and San Diego State. They're, they're probably my third least favorite opponent of UNLVs now. Uh, now, that's not to say that every Utah State fan is is like that, because obviously I personally have had good interactions with Utah State fans, but it was a disaster. It was a fiasco, and it was probably the most painful loss that I've felt as a Rebel fan in a long time, uh, because Coach Kruger's coaching for his life. Our team needed that win in order to propel themselves into players in the conference race. And to get that taken away by an outside factor, and I'm not even saying it's Utah State's fault, but to get that kind of taken away by refs was a really tough pill to swallow. And it was tough to respond. I was despondent. I was just sad for a couple of days. And it set up what was a huge match in Boise against the Broncos. So that was a bit of a rant, but let's move on to the next game. So the Rebels coming off of their best performance of the season against Utah State flew up to Boise, which has been a house of horrors for us as of late. Um, Boise had won eight straight in the series. Um, Whether they be on the road or at home, UNLV just hadn't been able to beat Boise State um, in a similar fashion to San Diego State. And so going into the game against Boise State, I said that UNLV would either have to win this game at Boise State, which I didn't give them a good chance of doing going into it, uh, or the game at Colorado State to at least come off of this opening five-game stretch, uh, two and three. Uh, I was very pleased by the Rebels' effort. Uh, I did have some negative takeaways about Boise, but I do want to focus on what I thought that the Rebels did good first. So, Boise State is one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the country. Uh, if you watch their game that they had against Reno... Uh, they dominated the boards, and that's basically why they won the game. UNLV is not a great offensive rebounding team or defensive rebounding team, actually. Um, but they went into Boise and collected 13 offensive rebounds and got a ton of second-chance points. I think between, I heard BJ Rain's uh, great Boise State coverage by Bronco News Nation, uh, 32 points off of second chances and turnovers. Um so the Rebels really were scrappy. I mean, they didn't even play that well. They played much better against Utah State than they did against Boise State. However, they were scrappy. They were determined to win. And after such a gut-wrenching loss, to come out and beat an opponent that had given you nightmares for years uh, on the road. I lived in Boise. I attended several Boise home games in that arena. And just as a cherry on top, the Rebels ended the nation's longest home winning streak, and they beat Boise State on uh, our least favorite coach in the Mountain West, Leon Rice, 
his mother's birthday. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I don't want to be tacky or disrespectful because I do respect Leon Rice. I do respect Boise, but boy, I dislike that guy. And I, I think he's a whiner. I don't like him. And it was very sweet to watch him walk off of his home court uh, with his head held low in defeat. Um, at the same time, Boise State's a great team. Uh, I think when we play them again, maybe in the conference tournaments, we'd have to play an A-plus game to beat them because they would surely be out for revenge. So let's go over some of the key players in this game. So after losing Jalen Hill for the season with an ACL tear, uh, there's kind of a spot in the rotation that's opened up. Uh, we were without Jalen Hill for a while, but Rob Whaley, uh, he played in a, at a junior college or Division II college in Idaho Falls, and he had been recruited by Boise State, but had chosen UNLV instead of Boise State. Uh, Rob Whaley, uh, who treated this game as a revenge game uh, against Boise State, some of their fans and their coaches, was a massive beast in the paint. Uh, he's really gifted physically, and even from the beginning of the season, you've seen that he has just all the potential in the world. He's like a better version, uh, slightly bigger, not as much guard skills, but a better version of Keyshawn Hall, a player that we had last year. And frankly, I was just, I've just been blown away by him the last couple of games. He was excellent against Utah State. He was unbelievable against Boise State. There was a seven or eight minute stretch there in the first half where he was the best player on the floor. He was killing Dagenhart. He was killing everybody. And part of that was because Boise State doesn't have a lot of depth. I actually do think they have depth, but for whatever reason, Boise State's bench has not worked out this year. Uh, and, they're, and because of that, they're, they're playing their starters a ton. Um, but Rob Whaley, I mean, it was he was getting the ball in the post. He was scoring with ease. He was getting offensive rebounds, second chance points. It's hard to overstate how big of a deal it is for UNLV that they have an option in Rob Whaley to kind of go to, especially because last night was not the best Caleb Boone game he had a missed dunk, some turnovers, travels. Not a great Caleb Boone game. But um, Rob Whaley was spectacular. And if he's going to be a legit post-up threat for the rest of conference play, it raises the floor of this team considerably. Another guy that I want to shout out is Justin Webster, who had been in probably the worst stretch of his college basketball career. He'd been scoreless in a couple of games, couldn't hit a three to save his life. He hit uh, at least one, maybe two, but I think he hit, I know he hit one at the end of the first half. Uh, threes hit some clutch free throws at the end of the game and a big jumper uh, to finish the game as our second leading scorer. And it was just good to see Justin play well. Uh, I know that there's a lot of Rebel fans that critique Justin's game, uh, but to see him bounce back uh, was pretty good because Justin's a really good guy. He's a good leader. He's been committed to UNLV ever since he got here and just couldn't be happier for him. I hope that his good play continues because I think if this team wants to be good, that Justin Webster has to be a part of the rotation and has to be playing well. And that's mostly because I think that a guy like Jackie Johnson just isn't going to be able to defend bigger players uh, in the Utah State game and in this Boise State game as well. Uh, people were just shooting over the top of Jackie Johnson. And so shooters that, you know, were being, were, were being played, you know, Jackie was on him. He was playing defense, but he's just not tall enough to contest uh, good shooters. And so teams can take advantage of that. Utah State certainly did. And Boise State did as well. So 
to see Justin play well and kind of take some minutes back from Jackie was a very good thing. And I'm proud of Justin and I hope he continues this. Um, as for other standout players, not the best DJ game. He missed a late free throw again that killed us. Um, and he had some turnovers that weren't great. He did hit one incredibly clutch three and I was proud of him for that. He played great. And yeah, this Boise State game helps uh, a lot. Um, it's good to beat a rival. Um, it's good to you know get a win in a place that you shouldn't win after you had a loss in a place that you should have won. Uh, and so I'm proud of the team. And I have a couple of general thoughts about uh, how I think that the rest of the season should go as well. So kind of stepping back and looking at it maybe with a bigger, you know, a, a bigger view a bigger lens uh the rebels non-conference was a disaster um the loss to southern the loss to lmu the way we played in florida just not good not good enough and the rebels over the past few games have shown that this team had the talent had the depth had the experience to be an ncaa tournament team now not all of that was the rebels fault um caleb boone missed the game against southern that first game against Southern is still the worst loss in the history of the program, I think. Um, but just a terrible, terrible, terrible performance there. Uh, the game against LMU was a disaster. Uh, but ever since that LMU loss, this Rebels team has shown me enough that I feel as if Coach Kruger's job should be tied to his ability to keep DJ on the roster. Uh, if he can bring back DJ, if Jalen Hill, who tore his ACL, can get a medical redshirt year, I like some of the recruits we have coming in next year, Papa Indai, uh, Bear Cherry, uh, and James Evans. And if we can pick up a few guys in the transfer portal, we can have a very good team next year with a good DJ year. Uh, I think that Kevin Kruger's job should be basically tied to DJ. If he can keep a guy like DJ from getting poached uh, by a bigger program, um, then he should keep his job, which is very different from what I was saying early on, earlier on in the year. Um, but I feel like I've seen enough from Kruger over the past three games. You know, we say, oh, we need to bring in a coach with experience. We need to bring in a guy who's won at the D1 level before. And what we've done with Coach Kruger is basically provide him with that experience. Uh, we could bring in a guy with a lot more experience who's been coaching for seven or eight years at another bigger program. Uh, and is in the job market right now, or we could use the guy that we've invested our time into. Uh, there are a couple of caveats with my opinion there. I do think that the Rebels kind of have to continue this level of play. Uh, they're not going to get an at-large tournament bid, basically, unless they, they'd have to maybe win out or maybe lose one or two more games at the most. So that's not going to happen. But if the Rebels can play well enough to be in NIT contention, uh, you know, winning their home games, win your home games, Kevin, Kruger, you got to win the home games. If they can win their home games and avoid bad losses on the road, I think that he should come back, um, which is different than what I was saying before. So I'm proud of him. He's been coaching his butt off over the past few weeks. Ever since he, we got our butts kicked at Utah at, at San Diego State, I feel like Kevin's kind of turned a bit of a corner. Now, if it, the season's a disaster for the rest of the year, he might be gone anyway, but I do see a clear and good path forward for Kevin Kruger maintaining his job as UNLV's head coach. We've invested these three years in him. Uh, he's grown into his role. Maybe it's time to safeguard the investment and to, in, and to you know, kind of double down. 
I would prefer that to hiring somebody like Marvin Menzies again, you know? Uh, now, if we could get some slam dunk hire, some Jay Wright, some, obviously I'm not specifically him, but some Jay Wright type of hire, I'd be willing to let go of Kevin Kruger for sure. But if our best option is uh, some middle of the road guy, I, I just feel like it, had, it would have to be a home run hire to convince me to get rid of Kevin Kruger at this point. Uh, so I'm proud of the guys, proud of how they've played. Um, we should be three and one right now, but we're two and two. So uh, I have a good feeling about this Colorado State game. Now we may, may very well lose because I I think Colorado State has been playing beneath their level of of their, their standard of play recently. But I have a good feeling about this Colorado State game. If we could go up there and win that game, it would be a a big boon to our chances of finishing in the top five for the Mountain West. And I think that should be the goal: finish in the top five, be one of the top five teams, kick a Utah State out, kick a New Mexico out of the top five, kick a Reno out of the top five. That should be our goal. And so, yeah, lots of encouraging things. I will record a podcast after the Colorado State game. I'm proud of the guys. Winning in Boise is not easy, uh, but shutting up Leon Bryce sure is sweet. All right, Rebel fans, I want to thank you for checking out the show. Appreciate you listening. Hope you spend lots of time with the people you love. And let's run.